The blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast From Our Past podcast. We're the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. And I'm Adam. And today we have another album review for you. Uh, We're going to be going back to 1994 to talk about the Tom Petty solo album, Wildflowers. Uh, Adam, this is an album that I remember digging at the time. I got a little bit of press Mm -hmm. when when it came out. And I remember loving it then, and it kind of fell away from me for for a while. So it was nice to go back and revisit this, because I hadn't listened to most of these songs in a long time. Yeah, I haven't listened to this album for, I'd say, easily 20 years for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's definitely been probably around. I, I feel like I, I remember, you know, we definitely had this album at some point. Um, maybe, yeah. maybe our mother had it, or I don't know. But cause, I definitely had it. Oh, I'm you sure had it. Okay. Because yeah. I, I, I've heard, you know, a good bit of these songs, but... Because it's been so long, a lot of these songs I had just been gone from my memory completely. I had the same uh, reaction for a lot of them. Ones where I kind of, I saw the title, couldn't put it together, and then once I heard it, I kind of it clicked a yeah. little bit. Not so much where I remembered everything from the song, but I kind of remember the vibe, maybe remember the melody, certain parts of the chorus or the hook or something like that. But enough where it could kind of jar my jar my nostalgia yeah uh so this album was certified three times platinum which is pretty solid three million uh it was recorded at sound city uh which is now kind of you know it's it's been a a famous place to do recording um there's a documentary that dave Grohl put out about sound city which is fantastic go check that out if you haven't already and uh rolling stone placed this album at top at their uh, top number 12 on their list of the best albums of the 90s which is pretty oh, high, wow. and yeah. it reached number eight on the Billboard um, album charts, the, Al- the Billboard 200. Yeah, there I remember quite a quite a stir about the the album. One was that it was a solo album; it wasn't necessarily Tom Petty mm-hmm. and the Heartbreakers per se, uh, which he had mostly been with up until yeah. this point. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because almost all of the Heartbreakers are on the album. I saw that they're missing like one person. <laughs> yeah the the drummer left. Uh, either around this time or before this or something like that. So, And the guy that they got to play drums for this album um, just became the new drummer for mm. the Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers eventually. Um, so, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, released November 1st, 1994, uh, recorded in Sound City, uh, produced by Tom Petty and Mike Campbell, who is the guitar player for Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, and uh, the uh, extremely talented and, and very famous record producer Rick Rubin. Oh, I've heard that name. I've definitely, yeah. Oh, he's responsible for so many things. He's responsible for, um, he's responsible for the Aerosmith Run DMC oh, collaboration. Okay. Um, he's responsible for the Johnny Cash Hurt cover. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> that's a that, great, great song. That album. Um, he's responsible. He's responsible for Shania Twain's big album. Oh man, I feel like a woman, John. <laughs> that one. I'm assuming it's. I'm that telling one. <laughs> you what. If you want a hit record or a hit song, you call Rick Rubin because okay. apparently this guy just knows his stuff. Nice. Um, he's involved in. Oh, I, I didn't. I didn't even bother to look up his credits because I've heard his name pop up so many times. We'd be sitting here for like 30 <laughs> minutes just rattling <laughs> off his his producing credits. Yeah. I think he was actually married to Shania, uh, to Shania Twain for a while. Lucky bastard. Well, I, I, <laughs> lucky bastard, yeah. She, I don't know. I like her. She seems a little annoying after a while. Uh, just the music. I, I kind of got annoyed of her music. Anyway, that sounded weird. I'm going <laughs> to let's just move on from that. I had a question for you. Yes. Tom Petty, crazy yes. prolific artist. Um, you know, we're probably going to try not to redo artists on our album until like we absolutely have to, I'm assuming. Right. Um, he has got so many really good albums and some other ones that have, have been bigger than this one. Why, like, you know, something like um, Full Moon Fever that had uh, Free Fallen, I Won't Back Down, Running Down right. a Dream, or um, something that he made with the Heartbreakers of uh, Damn the Torpedoes that had Refugee, um, uh, some, uh, Don't Do Me Like That, some other really great songs, a big, big album yeah. that he had there. 
Why Wildflowers? This was the first, well, this was the first album of Tom Petty's that I owned. Mm, okay. Um, I owned a greatest hits of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Mm-hmm. I didn't own any individual albums. And this is this was the first one where I remember when the album came out and listening to the whole album for the first time. Um, it's not one of those ones where like his greatest hits and some of the other ones were when I was a lot younger and I hadn't I wasn't listening to them. This is the first one where I remember I was almost 14 years old at this point. Um, I was a fan of Tom Petty, and I had friends who were were fans of him. And and you know the excitement of this album coming out and kind of getting caught up in that and really listening to it all the way through. It I've always had a nostalgic okay. uh, fondness for this particular album. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, that's more or less everything I wanted to talk about before we jump in. Is there anything else? Um, I norm. Oh, I was gonna say I normally uh, lift list off some of the uh, personnel. There's a quite extensive list of people other than just the heartbreakers who are in there. So I'm not really gonna talk about. I'm not gonna list all of them. There is one person I will mention when we get to the song that he recorded on. Okay. But other than that, it's it's a lot of just really probably you know, good studio and session players that he hired to do this album. Yeah. All right. I, I, I didn't, jump into it. All right. Sorry. <laughs> I'm excited. I didn't have anything else. Um, I'm okay. just, I'm with you though. I, I didn't have any other, um, other Tom Petty albums that I really remember. I did have his greatest hits, which is a freaking awesome greatest hits. Oh yeah. And I listen to it, you know, pretty, pretty often still today. Um, especially, you know, after he passed, and so it is. It is. Uh, I'm excited to be doing this one. I'm, I'm happy that we we chose a Tom Petty album because you go back and listen to his stuff, and you're just like, Jesus Christ, man! You were you're one of the greatest like American musicians and American rock musicians I think we've ever had. Yeah. So he's great. Yep. All right, let's get into this. All right, so we start off the album with the title track, which is with a, a kind of a um, a simple. A simple little uh, introductory song doesn't doesn't hit you too hard. Doesn't go, you know. It's not a soft song. It's kind of right there in that uh, easygoing middle uh, with the title track, Wildflowers. Run away, find you lover. Go away somewhere all bright and new. I have seen no other who come back. You know what? I, I would categorize it as that this is a sweet song. <laughs> that, is, that is the exact first sentence I wrote as my note. This is a sweet song word for word. <laughs> it's just, it, you know, it's simple. It's pretty much, you know, it's Tom Petty and his guitar singing. And, you know, he's, he's, it's, it's like a love, it's a love song. Mm-hmm. You know, you belong among the wildflowers he's just he's you know he's singing it, honestly it could be to anyone or anything really and it's a nice it's a nice little introduction it's not what we're used to as far as album introductions usually they hit us pretty hard with something like to really grab you but here he takes a softer approach i'm thinking about our last album review which was rammstein before this one <laughs> very different style yeah <laughs> um yeah like this is uh obviously we both think it's very sweet you know, it, it sounds like a very just that good Tom Petty style. You know, yeah. it's got some simple wrist to it. Um, it's got a gentle feel. And I yeah. like how it eases me into this album. I mean, I like this song quite a bit. This is one that I I didn't have on my I, I have this big playlist. I call it my anytimes playlist because they're songs mm-hmm. that I can listen to pretty much at any time of the day and they make me feel better. And okay. then after I've was doing the research for this album, I was like, oh man, Wildflowers has to go on there. I mean, it, it is that good. It, it is just that yeah. sweet and simple. And my like, and, and I, it's an album, it's a, it's a, a playlist that I put on like, literally it's any time. Sometimes when I just want to have something on in the background or right. really most of the songs are ones that like, 
they kind of chill me out and let me I can I can do whatever to them. And so if I'm angry and I need to calm down or, you know, I'm just feeling anxious or whatever or I'm stressed out about something, I'll put on my Anytimes playlist and, and the majority of those songs kind of just keep me going. And this one does that for me. Like this is uh, this is a mellow me out, get me ready for a chill ride. And that's pretty much what, what it's setting me up for. And um, so I, I think it's a really great and different way to start out our album from what we've talked about before. Yeah. Um, I, will, I was going to wait to talk about this, but this seems like a, a good kind of place to throw this in because I, it does sound like Wildflowers is a little bit of a, you know, it's, it's a sweet love song mm-hmm. in itself. It's not like a slow love song. It's, you know, it's like a walking love song. Yeah. I feel like this album is kind of like a love letter to the 60s. Mm, interesting. There's a lot of songs that, that, that remind me of other bands from the 60s and other things. And he has, he obviously, I kind of equate his voice to sort of our generation's Bob Dylan. Oh, yeah. It's a little nasally. It's very unique. You know who it is. Um, it's sometimes it almost clashes with, with the, you know, with the music, you have this weird, weird nasally voice with, with, with the music, which is how I kind of viewed Bob Dylan, where you have this, this amazing songwriter who has this interesting, strange voice and somehow it works. And that's how I feel about Tom Petty. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this album was kind of like a love letter to the sixties. I don't know if he intended it that way, but I got a lot of vibes from, of different bands. From okay. The songs. So you mean like stylistically? Yeah, stylistically okay. and just kind of in the way it sounds, I'm like, God, this remind this song reminds me of such and such band. Okay, you know, whatever. I I I can see that. I can totally see that with some '60s um, lyrically with a lot of stuff, and I'll talk about this, you know, kind of throughout. I get a lot of stuff, a lot of pain, and a lot of um, relationship issues with this album mm-hmm. as well. So which we'll which we'll go through. But yeah, it is kind of interesting how you kind of see it as stylistically um, and what you're getting from you know, oh, I love. Love, maybe a nostalgic love of the past and then, you know, issues that are impending that I think make sense. So, yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to the next song, which is called You Don't Know How It Feels. Let me run with you tonight. I'll take you on a moonlight ride. There's someone I used to see But she don't give a damn for me But let me get to the point Let's roll another joint And turn the radio to laugh I'm too alone to be proud And you don't know I definitely remember this one. I remember there was a, a video that came out. Um, I believe this was the first single to come off of this album. Mm-hmm. It's very simple, very simple beat. Um, it's got that, you know, that I'm so used to. Um, I always forget that Tom Petty also plays harmonica. Yeah. That he always has that <laughs> going too. And it's a nice, it's a nice little thing. Most, you know, most of what he has in this album, I would kind of constitute sort of light. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing's very heavy. He likes to use a lot of acoustic guitars, which is great because it works well with with what he's doing. But, you know, and then he'll go electric for certain things. So this song, I believed it uh, reached number 13 on the Billboard Hot Hot 100, which is very respectable. It just kind of made me think back to uh, that, that Greatest Hits album. And these first two songs... I'm like, oh man, they're probably on that Greatest Hits album. But that Greatest Hits album came out the year before this album mm-hmm. came out. And so I'm yeah. like, my God, why the hell are Wildflowers and You Don't Know How It Feels are not on there? Um, <laughs> but you talk about that, that also that uh, that harmonica sound. And he, he does you know do it going uh, in a lot of different songs. But like in this one, when it starts, I immediately just kind of click. And I'm like, oh, this song! Fuck yes. You don't know how it feels. Um, Again, it feels kind of, you know, simple. It's just like a classic kind of folk rock style. Um, It works really well with Tom Petty's voice. And I'm I'm quite a fan of You Don't Know How It Feels. To me, when I kind of look into the lyrics, 
you know, it, it, it's it. Obviously, you don't know how it feels to be me. He's he's going through a bad time. You know, he's yeah. going through some kind of pain, and he wants to move on. Um, and that's what I'm getting from this song a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I, 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 it's just it is. It's a nice, good, simple song that kind of just kind of moves decently, and it's it's just pretty. Yeah, it's not. I do yeah. remember. Sorry, go ahead. Finish well, your thought. I was gonna say not as not as sweet and gentle as Wildflowers. It picks up just mm-hmm. the tiniest little bit, um, but it is. I, I think it. it, it it's got a good flow. Like these, it's yeah. already we're flowing well. Uh, one thing I do remember is there's a um, a lyric. I believe it's in the chorus where he goes, "Let's get to the point. Let's roll another joint." And mm-hmm. I remember on the radio they would edit that part where <laughs> it sounded like they were doing. They were saying, "Let's roll another note," but I, I also heard that they just took the word joint and reversed the word. <laughs> Uh, but, but they they edited out the word joint. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh man. You know what? Which is just ridiculous. It is just ridiculous. Come on. Come on, people. So, all right, let's move on to <laughs> it's, Adam. Hmm. It's time to move there on. There we go. That was why you gotta get a good segue <laughs> in there. It's time to move on. It's time to get going. What lies ahead I have no way to know. But under my feet, baby. This is one of those songs that I always forget is on the album until I hear it. And again, very simple, simple lyrics, very simple beat, very consistent, but it's it's nice. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of, you know, this is a very chill album. It is. You know, there's not too much up and down. You know, there's, it stays fairly level through most of this. Uh, there's some, you know, there's some up and down, but not, there's no extreme. We don't go from extreme fast to extreme lows. He likes to keep it very mellow. You know, very... Very much like the pothead he was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Keeps it chill. You yeah. know, roll that other joint. Um, yeah, you're right, though. Like, the first one, if we're talking tempo, like, the first one was the slowest tempo, and then the second one was a little bit faster, and then this one, it moves even at a little bit quicker pace, even. Yeah. You know, um, I like the su- the simple sound to it. I like the sweet sound to it. Um, it's got it's got that... I guess I don't know. Maybe it is a sixty sound or something, but it works really well. Well, obviously with folk music, he's got the the brushes on the drums that just yeah. that just oh man, it just keeps it so mellow to me. Like I don't yeah. know what it is. Like the sound of brushes on drums really works. Well, it's it's nice because you can kind of dig in and um, you know it's a little bit faster pace. You're getting that sort of um, that sort of country shuffle almost. Yeah. Oh, well, it's like yeah, yeah like a little toe tappy kind of thing. Yeah, toe tappy <laughs> thing where you can kind of move on, but the yeah. brushes. You know, the brushes allow you to kind of dig in and add a little bit more without adding the volume. Mm-hmm. And it adds, it adds a nice texture to the Ooh. sound of the drums. It changes the texture of oh, the I drums. I like that, John. That is a good, yeah, <laughs> that's a good word. <laughs> well, it does. You know, with the sticks, you're getting this very big attack, this very loud, fast yeah. attack. With with the brushes, you're getting, uh, you know, you're you're sort of spreading it out a little bit, and it's changing the texture of the snare drum, and mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think it helps quite a yeah. bit. You know, especially with a song like this, where you want to keep it moving, but you want to keep the volume low. Um, and I mean, just as as the name of the song puts it out there, uh, you know, listening to the lyrics, it's really you know, it's all about all right. It's time to move on with your life. It's time to you know, that's what it says. Time to move on, and it's time to kind of keep going. Trying to, <laughs> I mean, he says it pretty blatantly. It's not. This is not um, lyrics that I feel like I have to dive too deep into so far. Right. I'm like trying to, to. I mean, it's it's kind of just. Tell, he's telling me what how he's feeling, and I like that. Yeah. And it works well with well, like the simpleness of the music too. Well, and it's kind of like it 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 works well as a um as a follow up to you don't know how it feels. Yeah, where you you have you know he, him not complaining, but he's opening himself up to be like you you mm-hmm. you just don't know what it's like to to you know to do what I do and to be who I am. And then he's kind of like he's moved on from it. It's like you know what, enough of that. We got to go. Let's keep going. So it's, yeah. I don't know if it was intended that way, but that's how it that's how it comes across to me. Yeah, maybe that that's why they work really well back to back. All right, and let's move on to the next one, 
which he co-wrote with uh, uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreaker uh, guitarist Mike Campbell called You Wreck Me. Tonight we ride, right or wrong. Tonight we sail on radio song. Rescue This song, to me, is our. It's a, It's an automatic throwback to classic Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Mm-hmm. It has that sound. Obviously, it's and to me. It's because it's got Michael Mike Campbell as a co-writer. Mike Campbell wrote a lot, uh, several of uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers' big hits. Um, not some of the bigger ones, some of the biggest ones, but some that you've definitely heard before. And it just it automatically it makes me feel like it's a little bit of a throwback to that. Yeah. I can see that. I mean, yeah, I totally agree with the style of the song. Um, this is one that once it gets started, I'm like, oh, I recognize this one. Yeah. Oh, and, and it's another one of those. I was like, I didn't know this one was on this album. I mean, yeah. great, great song. Great. Just kind of like, you know, driving beat to it. Um, it didn't chart on the Hot 100, but it did hit number two on the uh, Billboard mainstream rock chart. So, you know, it yeah. got up there with something else. Um, you know, this is, it feels like a fun, happy-go-lucky kind of uplifting song that just kind of, you know, it, it kind of picks you up off your seat and it just, it makes you want to have a good night, you know, or a good time <laughs> or a good day or yeah. something. It just Even yeah. though, even though the words, you wreck me, it's like something really just fucked him up, but it's still just like there's a, there's a poppiness to this song. Yeah, well, I mean, it seems like it's it's sort of like a it sounds like a happy you wreck me. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you're like, right. Yeah, you know, like you like he's like you know this this girl man, she's so awesome. She she fucking wrecks me. Yeah, like she's just you know she you know, yeah his his normal path whatever he's gonna do and she just fucks it up because all he wants to do is just he and he likes it you know he wants to hang out with her or whatever it is she she kind of blow up his blew up his world yeah. wrecked it and he and he's happy about it so yeah fair enough. Uh, we're moving on fairly quickly, which is fine because there's 15 tracks on this album. So yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a fairly long album, so we want to kind of keep is. it moving a little bit. True. I forgot how many songs were in this. Oh, album me too. I was, exactly. I was expecting like, oh, here we go. We're gonna get like a 10 to 12. We're all good to go. Oh, fuck, extra three. Like that can <laughs> that, that yep. can really wreck you, John. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Woo. But you know what, Adam? Hmm. It's good to be king. <laughs> Thanks, Bruce Campbell. It's good to be king. For a while to be there in velvet, yeah, to give them a smile. It's good to get high and never come down. It's good to be king of your own little town. So I definitely remember this song, and I'll be honest with you, I remember getting sick of this song. Mm, they played mm-hmm. it on the radio all the time. I saw the video on MTV played all the time, and it was one of the ones where I just kind of was like, okay, I get it. I don't, I don't need to hear it anymore. Um, they played the shit out of it when it, when it was released, <laughs> uh, or when they released it as a single. Yeah. Yeah, it hit number 68 on the uh, Hot 100, and... I think number six on the mainstream rock charts, but it was for me. It was pretty much you know, and when I hit this song, I was like, "Oh yeah, I definitely heard this album more than I thought." Because I, yeah. I when I when I first saw that we were doing Tom Petty Wildflowers, I was like, "Really? Like I don't remember much." And then like by this song, I was like, "Fuck, I'm remembering a lot more <laughs> than I thought I would from this album." Um, because yeah, we you you must have played it a lot more than I realized. Because yeah. a lot of these are kind of like embedded in there. I mean, it's it's very interesting song. He it's very kind of self-deprecating almost. It's sort of like the 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 woes of rock and roll stardom. 
Mm-hmm. It's kind of what he's talking about. There was a, a quote um, by uh, a writer on allmusic.com that wrote that this song was one of the most self-effacing and personal songs to reach the top 10 charts in the 90s. Uh, the good, It's Good to Be a King deals with the phenomenon of rock and roll stardom, which is it's something that you don't, you know, you don't think about when you listen to it. Uh, but it, I'm sure it is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you go up on top and then you you fall pretty quick and things like yeah. that. But in your head, you know, maybe you're still up top. And even even if even if you're just king, just in, even in your head, you know, that's still yeah. kind of a bit of it. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's a it's a solid song. Not honestly, I probably like the first four that we've listened to so far all better than this one. Yeah, um, but it is still solid. One thing that always surprises me is where they go with the 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 chorus because they kind of they kind of got this interesting vibe with the piano playing and it builds up and it builds up and it builds up and then it goes somewhere I don't expect it to go mm-hmm. this big sort of almost choral sound with a lot of background voices um not too many harmonies just some just some extra voices doubling and and maybe even tripling some of the leads it uh it just kind of I don't know it the the where the where it goes tonally surprises me mm-hmm. which is weird because I don't know if I like it I don't yeah. know if I dislike it or if I like it because it's weird or if I dislike it because it's weird. So, I don't know. It's just something interesting with it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I, I have nothing else to say, but, you know. Yeah, that's fine. Solid. All right, uh, let's go on to the number six song in the album called Only a Broken Heart. Here comes that I get heavy Beatles vibes from this song. Heavy, heavy yeah. Beatles vibes. I can see that. Um, he's doubling his vocal, so it sounds like there's more than one of them singing at the same time. Um, it's very simple, uh, sort of up and down guitar strumming uh, on the uh, acoustically. To me, if I, if this song came off of a Beatles album and it was uh, like Paul or John, like John singing it, I wouldn't have blinked an eye. Yeah. I think it's more of a Paul type of song, but I see what you mean. Uh, I don't really know. <laughs> okay, I don't really know. <laughs> Fuck it. Um, yeah, I totally, I totally get that. Um, I, and I like the Beatles just fine, but they're not my favorite style. And I would say I didn't like the song all that much when I first, or when I was like re-listening to it. Like it's okay, mm-hmm. but like I think it's that dub- that doubling voice style that I just don't care for. I'm just like, eh, it's not working for me. Okay, right now. So it's That's- not. Yeah. That's fair. I I liked it just fine. It out of all the ones that we've listened to so far, I would probably put this one on the on the bottom. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't I didn't dislike the song. Um, the only thing that I kind of had an issue with, and it's not really just an issue. Some of these songs are way longer than they need to be. I didn't say this when we talked about it, but it's good to be king is over five minutes long, and that's <laughs> yeah. way too long for that style of song. Yeah, and it's kind of like same thing with this one. If you cut, if you could shave a minute off it, make it three and a half minutes, they would make it a little bit better song. Yeah, I probably you know what I'd probably agree. Maybe the the singing style wouldn't irk me as much if I knew I had a little less time to go through it or something <laughs> like that. Um, what I do want to call out though is. You know, at this at this time, and it's pretty obvious that the name of the song's song is only a broken heart. Um, but you know, while listening to this album, at this point, I'm kind of thinking to myself, "All right, Tom must have been going through some relationship issues or shit right mm-hmm. now, because um, a lot of these songs seem to be about women. Or you know, they're they're like a woman. A, you know, either a relationship with a woman seems to be a driving factor on most mm-hmm. each of these songs, um, or talking to yourself about dealing with." The with uh, a relationship or a bad relationship or something. And so I kind of just looked up. He did get divorced um, two years after this album came out. So I don't know if maybe things were starting to deteriorate in his marriage at this time. And he's kind mm-hmm. of like, this is him writing about it. But that's kind of yeah. my theory currently is that because they he got a divorce, you know, a little bit after this one. So it's like, 
Yeah, because I'm just I'm just hearing a lot of stuff about relationships and the good and the bad and, and a lot of that stuff. But like it, it feels like it, things are starting to kind of fall apart with just some of these lyrics and some of these song titles that I'm like, all right, he's he's going through something and he yeah. this is this is his outlet. Well, and also, like, you know, it says he was divorced in 96, but you also got to think usually that's a long process that could take, yeah, you know, up to a year, maybe longer. And if it's, you know, if it's a celebrity divorce, there's always lawyers involved and stuff like that. So, yeah, this could, this right here could have been, like, where the beginning of the end of that marriage yeah. is kind of being played out on his album. Definitely possible. Let's gonna, let's roll on to the next one, which uh, I'm going to surprise, I might surprise you with this, Adam. This next one's probably my favorite song on the album. That is a surprise. <laughs> uh, and that is the song Honey Bee. Don't say a word about what we're doing. Don't say nothing, little honey bee. Don't tell you mom. Don't tell you sister. I really just kind of like the blues rock feel that we get. This song doesn't really sound like any other song on the album. Mm-hmm. It's very unique, um, and it's kind of silly a little bit. And maybe that's why I like it. The sound of it, absolutely. Um, I do want to call it, I don't think he's actually asking for sugar from a <laughs> bee. I don't think yeah. he is at all. I I think it's about sex, John. You're probably right. He wants to, yeah. Have sex with his little honeybee. Yeah, it's definitely about sex. It's gotta <laughs> be. Uh, but like, you know, hey, you're right. You, the the stylistically, it is very different from some of the other ones, but not in a bad way. You know, no. it is kind of silly with that. I like the the very bluesy esque sound you get with this one. Yeah. Um, it's definitely about a relationship that he wants to keep quiet. You know, because he's got the lyrics, don't tell your brother, don't tell your boyfriend. Like, it's like, okay, uh, he might be hooking up with somebody he shouldn't be hooking up with. Maybe, you know, things are deteriorating in a different relationship, and he's, like, you know, finding, uh, you know, something else somewhere else. But, like, it's definitely kind of ties in with that, and uh, I don't know. That's a, that's what I got from it, but it is it's not a bad song by it by any means. It's not yeah. close to my favorite, but I can see just how different it is stylistically why you might attach to it. Yeah. Well, it's it's fun. You know, it's uh it just feels different. I think that's that's just why I, I, it's a little bit heavier. Mhm. And so this this one has always stuck out to me. Yeah. Which is why I I'm, I'm nostalgic for it and always well, going back to it. And this one, I mean, it's definitely got like a, an electric guitar sound. To it. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, yeah. It's more reminiscent of the Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers style, yes. with a little bit more kind of blues in, yeah, you know, in, which, into it. Which is probably going to contrast pretty darn well with the song that we're about to go into, uh, which is called "Don't Fade on Me." I remember you so clearly, the first one through the door, and I returned to find you drifting. Too far from the shore I remember feeling this way You can lose it without knowing You wake up and you don't notice Which way the wind is blowing another one where i got uh sort of an instant vibe i was listening to this and i was like you know what this sounds like or this reminds me of neil young oh yeah neil young's style or maybe a little crosby stills and nash yeah you know but definitely some neil young influence on this one definitely i i can absolutely see that 
Um, and as I mentioned before, I mean, it contrasts really well with Honeybee because that one was definitely more rocking, more heartbreakers kind of sound. Yeah. And then this one, this is just Tom Petty and an acoustic guitar the entire time. Yeah. And he co-wrote this one with uh, Campbell, so maybe it was something where Campbell was messing around on mm. guitar and, and Petty you know, added some stuff to it. But it, it feels very intimate. Mm-hmm. It's a little bluesy. Yep. It's got a little blues to it, but it contrasts very well, as you said, with Honeybee. And I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. When I was younger and you know, up until kind of recently, this is roughly where I would stop listening to mm. the album. I would listen to everything up to Honeybee, and then I kind of just didn't care about everything after that. But I've listened to this album twice in preparation for this. Once I listened, I listened to it once a while back mm-hmm. and kind of had almost the same reaction that I used to have. And then I listened to it again yesterday. And I tell you what, I, I dove a lot harder into some of these end of the album songs. And I really kind of started to fall in love with them. And starting with this one, I didn't think I was going to dig it so much. But man, the more I listened to it, the more I got into it. Yeah, I, uh, I kind of, not kind of the same, but like when I first listened, I was doing the same kind of thing. Like, oh man, these first half of the album, that's, that's really where it's at, the meat. And the other ones are just kind of there, but you know, mm-hmm. you go back into listen, even just like checking them out again as we're talking about them. It's like, yeah, you know what? These are nice. They, they, I, th- I think the second half of the album probably is just in general more intimate as you put it like starting with this song because it's just getting us in there this is this is just tom petty man like he's like nothing's nothing's um in the way he's not really he's just he's just giving himself and to me this song again very relationship based you know he's he is talking to a person like you know please you know you're fading from me and you know in one way or another um that's, that's what i'm getting from it you know okay um that this person is fading away from him and, you know, that's what he's kind of like, you know, this is a writing a song. Please don't don't fade from me. Um, you know, they're either to me, they're either like fading from who he knew maybe mm-hmm. before he knew before. And they're not that same person or they're fading as in like they're legitimately like leaving him and fading away from him kind of stuff. So that's that's what I get from it. And so, again, it kind of dived right back to, you know, it's obviously some kind of a relationship thing. I don't think he's talking yeah. about, I don't know, something else fading. I think it's <laughs> it's it's a. It's not the sun going down. And he's like, don't fade on me, son. No, it's like, no, man, he's talking about a person. He's talking about a loved one that is fading from him that he doesn't want to be. So, All right, let's go on to the number nine song, which is called Hard On Me. It's all I can do to keep that little girl smiling. This is the first one where I'm like, it's an okay filler song, mm-hmm. and I like, you know, it sounds good, you know, his voice sounds good, the song sounds good, but I get nothing from this song. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's another slow one, um, you know, similar enough with Don't Fade On Me on that. Um, I, I do feel an intimacy with this song, not as good as, yeah. don't. I mean, it's not as strong as Don't Fade On Me, I absolutely agree with you on that, yeah. um, but this is one that I... I guess I get at least similarly to Don't Fade On Me, I hear a pain in his voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, and even in even in like with a lot of the first half album of the song, like that first seven, you you hear some of it, but like these last two, I'm really hearing more of that Tom Petty pain of something that he's going through right now. Yeah. Um and what I get from this song it's about a, a person losing his wife or, you know, that kind of relationship, but he's having to stay strong for his daughter. Because there, there's lyrics kind of about, you know, having to be there for that little person or whatnot. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I, that's, what, that's what I'm getting from this song. I agree with you in general. It's not one of my favorite on the album. It's definitely on that bottom tier. Yeah. Um, but I at least appreciate the... The message. The songwriting and the message and just him putting himself out there, I would yeah, say. That's fair. Yep. All right. I'm gonna I'm got nothing really else to add on that one, so I'm gonna kinda move down to the next one. Okay. Which is called Cabin Down Below. Come on, go with me, babe. Come 
So we get a nice little sort of fun bluesy vibe again with this one, you mm-hmm. know, more electric guitar, um, semi-repetitive lyrics. It's fun. It's a mm-hmm. fun song to listen to. Uh, I think I enjoyed it more uh, listening to it again a second time than I did the very first time I heard it. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that one. This the second time I've kind of listened to it, it is it is nicer. Um, it's, I get, I get definitely like the country esque kind of feels on this one, mm-hmm. um, you know, or blues esque, you know, similar enough with that style. Um, it's yeah, kind of silly. Um, but I, it's, it's moves pretty well. I enjoy it. The song definitely about fucking, um, it's about, <laughs> it's about fucking on a boat, you know, <laughs> the cabin down below. That's it's definitely what it's about to me. So. I don't know if it was with someone different uh, than what he, yeah. you know, his relationships that he's lost, or is with that person and he remembers that time, or I don't know. But it's the song is about fucking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there, there is that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I can't really follow that with anything. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's enjoyable, enjoyable enough song. I agree. It's, I, I it's, like it. Better it's than fun. The last it's one. short. It's less than three minutes long. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a good departure from what we just heard from the last two songs. I mean, I last less than two three minutes long typically too <laughs> when I'm fucking on a boat. So I'm with you, Tom Petty. I get you. It's that rocking. It's that up and down. <laughs> exactly. Get you. Yeah. It gets all the senses, <laughs> up the baby. Down, side to down. It's 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 hard to it's hard to focus. So mm-hmm. all right, let's move on to the next song, which is called "To Find a Friend." In the middle of his life. Left his wife It ran off to be bad Boy, it was sad But he bought a new car Found a new bar And went under another name Created a whole new This is another one where I think the first time I listened to it, I didn't give much of a second thought. But the last, especially yesterday when I listened to it again, I really listened. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of lonely. Yeah, absolutely. But it's, it's nice. It's a, it's, it's a, you know, for a song that's sort of about, you know, loneliness almost. Mm-hmm. It's a sweet little song. Yeah, I, I found it sweet and gentle. Like when, when I kind of listened to it again or when I, when I listened to it, like, you know, in order, I'm like, okay, you know, this kind of reminds me a little bit of those, this, the style of the first half of the album. Uh-huh. And yeah. I'm kind of like, okay, I'm glad this kind of brought it back. You know, we've had some other different ones recently and this kind of brought it back to a flow um, that we've had with with the first half, so I was really happy to see that kind of return. Um, I thought it was interesting that it started off with a count off. We hadn't had that with yeah. any of the other ones. I don't I don't know why he did it with this one, but just I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, um, and then yeah, the so you talk about the loneliness. I mean, it's definitely about that to me. Absolutely, in my interpretation. You know, it's, a, it's a obviously about some kind of failed marriage. Um, we start off kind of with the perspective from the husband, and then we get the perspective from the wife. And the guy we see is kind of like, you know, he hits like a midlife crisis, and, you know, he's got a new car and stuff like that that he talks yeah. about. He's trying to find his own happiness, but he can never find a friend to, you know, replace that friend that he had and his wife and things like that. And same, and the wife as well, that she's trying yeah. to move on, but also can't find a friend to replace her husband. And so it's just like... 
damn, man, that's just that is fucking lonely. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's got a nice little like sweetness to it, you know, when you really listen to it, you're just like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm getting close to hitting my midlife crisis. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. What what kind of crazy thing are you gonna do, John? If you if you be get, get like an actual crisis, what would you do? I don't know, cause see, I I wouldn't do any of the traditional things. I don't give a shit about buying a, a new car. I like mm-hmm. the car I have, and you know, it's a it's a practical car, and yeah. I like it for that. I, I don't need yeah. a fucking sports car. First of all, I don't barely fit in most mm-hmm. sports cars <laughs> as it is. I hate being that low to the ground. I much prefer to be higher up. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm I'm starting to think about it. I'm, I'm um I typically don't really give a shit about celebrating my birthday, but next year I turn forty, and I'm actually yeah. thinking about maybe I I I'm thinking about doing something big, but I got a plan for nobody being able to show up. Yeah, I mean, and your birthday is later in the year, and so like people are saving up their money for Christmas trips and things exactly. like that. So it's kind of tough to also travel around your birthday. Right. Uh, this is the other song where I want to mention. Um, for a very simple beat, they had a he had a very famous drummer playing on this song. Do you know who it was? Without looking, for uh, to find a friend. Yeah, uh, I don't know off the top of my head. Sir Ringo Starr. Oh, Sir Ringo Starr. Sir Ringo, Sir Ringo. That's pretty I, cool. Well, there's nothing very Ringo esque about what was being played. It's just like a doom cha, doom cha, yeah, or something. If it, I remember, it, it almost feels like it almost feels like he said, "Hey, I'd love for you to play on a song in the album." And he goes, "Okay, find me the easiest." Song. Yeah, well, <laughs> the easiest beat to play. I mean, Ringo is fine. He's a good drummer, but I don't think he's he's known for being an exceptional drummer or like a particularly technically grand drummer. I no, but I think he's a very underrated drummer. I think there's okay. a lot of things that he did that uh, he doesn't get credit for. And it's not going to make a lot of sense to too many people, but Ringo is the entire reason why an entire generation of drummers plays drums in what's called a match grip. Oh, he does. He does a match grip. He doesn't do like the uh, the the um, other the underhand on the left. No, he doesn't. He does. He does both hands overhand. Okay. <clears throat> and up until that point, nobody was really doing that. Uh, and when he came out and got famous, and everyone watched him, then people flipped over and started doing it that style. And nowadays, that is the way to do it, okay. and it makes it makes the most sense to do it that way too, because then your hands are even; they're attacking the drum even with both hands. Hmm. So uh, he doesn't get a credit for a lot of stuff, but that that's really where, um, you know, he had a lot of influence. Yeah. So, um, it was nice to see his name on here. You know, there's nothing <laughs> I can really point to that that yeah. screams like he didn't do anything where I was like, oh, that's Ringo. Normally, you can kind of if you hear enough drummers, you can kind of tell. The mm-hmm. style just by listening to, but it was nice that he was on there. Do you remember that time that we saw Ringo Starr? No, I don't remember that at all. Okay, well, it's kind of hard to tell that it was him. So this was, I think, when I was just visiting L.A. before I'd actually moved to L.A. for the first time. I moved there twice, actually. Um, so this was probably way back in 2008, I think, when I was looking for places. Um, and, and me and my buddy, you took... Me, I don't know if you took him as well, but you and I went on like a Star Tours bus trip. Like that, we we took this oh, we yes. took this thing. So we were driving around, and uh, at one of the stops, the bus guy is like, "And to our right is uh, the home of a Ringo Star," and he has these this big gate that has like two big R's or two big stars on it. I think yeah. they're stars or something, whatever. And you know, we were stopped in front of the gate and all of a sudden we hear this honking and we look over and there's like, like this sweet ass Audi, like, or (laughs) it was something like that. It was a really expensive car and it was fucking Ringo Starr trying to get into his fucking home and the bus couldn't, was blocking his way in. So we had to move and he pulled, I mean, I, I saw him through like tinted glass, but it was just like, that's fucking awesome. (laughs) I didn't remember that at all. Wow. Well, let's, uh, we still got four more tracks. So let's move on up. Mm-hmm. And we're going to move up to a higher place. <laughs> Lame, but cute. We gotta get to a higher place and we gotta leave by night. Before that river takes us down, we gotta find somewhere that's dry. We gotta run like we never run, or we're gonna lose the light. If we don't. Somebody can help somebody Might be nobody 
this is another one that gives me very 60s vibe like maybe some specifically Crosby Stills and Nash you know without Mm -hmm. without Neil Young in that a little bit of this but they've got that doubled vocal um, so I imagine this isn't going to be one of your favorites since you specifically called that out on, uh, yeah, on but this, is, this one's different sounding to me. Maybe it's the, cause he's singing in that, that higher pitch and maybe it just kind of changes it to okay. me. It's but definitely I, moving a little bit more than the other one. And the pacing is better on this one. You know, he picked that up, which I'm definitely enjoying. I like, I like the uplifting feel of the song, especially after we've had some like sadder ones. Uh, yeah. the last, that, you know, the last one was pretty lonely. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I, I like this one. Um, yeah, this it, is another one that grew on me. Yeah, uh, to me it definitely seems like uh, another one about a relationship. At least how I'm seeing, how I'm kind of reading into it. Maybe I'm just trying to find everything <laughs> as a as a relationship or right. dealing with a divorce or something. But to me, you know, he he even kind of mentions a girl and reminiscing about her. Um, so to me, it could be like you know, this is about you know on the the positive side of a bad relationship where it's like, hey, you know, we as a couple need to get to a higher place. You know, we we gotta we gotta improve something so we can kind of get through this rough patch. And so that's that's how I'm reading this song. Um, but like the overall style of it, no, it's nice, I, and I don't hate the double song, the sound on this one. And maybe it is just how everything else is a little bit poppier, a little bit movier. Um, so so uh, yeah, thumbs up to higher place for me. Okay, cool. All right, well, let's move on to House in the Woods. I'm going down to the house in the woods Save my little darling I'm going down out in the fields It's summer tell you i have a hard time categorizing this song mm-hmm. i both love and dislike this song <laughs> <laughs> okay um it's really it's you know you, you very slow paced and, and it's sort of a halftime feel um it's very long it's five and a half minutes long but there's something about it that's still like i'm listening to it i'm like i should change the song but then i don't mm-hmm. like i should just fast forward but i don't and i can't figure out I, it's happened to me like the last three times i've listened to the song in fact yesterday i listened to it twice like what is it about this song that's yeah. getting to me then something just sort of about the weird style of it the, yeah. the sort of halftime feel and the drums and some of the interesting vocal ch- uh choices that he makes with uh how he's crafting his melody in the song i was gonna say i, I like the singing style that he has on this song Overall, the song I'm not loving. Yeah. I don't love it as much as a lot of the other ones, but I can totally see what you mean. Where there's something that you, you, you know it's not crap. This is not a crap yeah. song at all. Um, but there's something that's kind of grasping it. To me, it was yeah his singing style that I like a lot. So okay, that's good. Yeah, um, yeah. Go I mean, to me, I'm gonna tie it back in again. Another relationshipy song. Uh, he's obviously saying, "What can I do but love you, babe?" Um, you know, talking about a house in the woods. Um, so, you know, it's obviously some about a time with a woman or about a woman in general, to me, maybe re- reminiscent of a good time that he had, you know, with a person, you know, out in the woods or with right. this person, but he and, he, and he can't get this memory out of his head. That's my yeah. guess. Okay. That's fair. All right. Well, let's go on to the next one, which is called Crawling Back to You. Waiting by the side of the road for day to break so we could go down into Los Angeles with dirty hands and worn out knees I keep crawling back to you I keep crawling back to you the ranger came is this the one with the weird, like, almost recorder or flute sound at the beginning that makes no sense? 
Yeah, it has a long intro. Yeah, it's a very that, long intro, yeah. which I, I which I don't understand. And there's some weird like flute sound. It, it doesn't really sound like a flute. It sounds more like a recorder. And I was, I, I'll be honest with you, I was listening to the end of this album as I was uh, going to the grocery store, just throwing some headphones and stuff like mm-hmm. that because I, I needed to stop. And I was like, I'll just keep listening to the album while I'm in the store. And I, I ended up having to play this intro three times. I'm like, did I hear... It sounds like somebody's just like dicking around on a recorder. Like it doesn't even <laughs> sound like it matches what's going on, or they're trying to play anything. It's just making noise, and it's a very, it's a very long intro. And I, I, I wish they had cut it because mm-hmm. the song itself actually is not bad. Yeah, it's it's uh, there's it's another one of those things where there's I don't think there's anything standing stand standing out about the song. Um, it sounds very much in that same sort of Tom Petty style. In the you know, and just in the the harmonic rhythm and and how he's singing, but it's not a bad song by any means. Mm-hmm. But it, uh, I don't know, nothing grabs me to it. Okay, yeah, I mean, I find it. Yeah, it's a sweet, nice sounding song. I mean, I, I like it quite a bit. You're right. You're right. That beginning part is unnecessary. Just kind of get to the song, and I'd be a little bit happier. Yeah. Um, because what was once you kind of get into it, it's like okay, this sounds good, nice, sweet Tom Petty type of song. Yeah. Um. It's good filler. You know, it is. It is a good filler song. This is not a single by any means, right? But this is one that you know I'm happy to listen to just fine. Looking into it, I feel that this is also kind of about <laughs> loneliness. Okay. Um, that you're going from kind of like one place uh, to the next without direction. Um, you get that line, "I'm so tired of being tired." Uh, to me, definitely highlights the feeling of kind of being worn out and lonely in general. Yeah. Um, you know that. He doesn't have a place that he feels like home right now, and uh, you can't really stay out and about too long. So you got to keep going, got to keep running around. But like he keeps kind of crawling back, and that's all he. Maybe it's mentally crawling back or something. I don't know. But like, um, yeah, uh, that that's what I got from the song. All right. Well, I mean, that's really all I really I all I have to say about it, just because the song didn't grab me. But it didn't. I okay. mean, there's like none of those ones where it's like, oh, it's fine. I'm gonna listen yeah. to it, let it go through. And that's really kind of all I got out of it. So Okay. All right. And we finally did it. We finally made it to the end. Um, and this is another album that kind of ends on a on a low note per se, on a on a on a soft sound. Um, that's with the song Wake Up Time. You follow your feelings, you follow your dreams, you follow the leader into the tree. What's in there waiting? Neither one of us knows. You gotta keep one eye open the further you go. You never dreamed you'd go down on one knee, but now This is another one of those songs that I both love and dislike at the same time. Mm. And it's really, there's only one part of it I don't like. And to me, it ruins the song for me. Mm. Because this seems like a, it's an extremely deep song. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting one to, to end up with. Um, and I can see why they would end with it. Because it's got kind of a, you know, you've, you've gone through this journey of emotional ups and downs with Tom Petty. Not so much the, you know, the sort of, musical ups and downs but it's you know it's emotional from kind of happy to sad to to loneliness to mm-hmm. having fun and then you kind of get this you know it's wake up time it's you know it's time to to get up and get yourself together and 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 go the only thing i don't like is the fact that he talks in part of it oh yeah that yeah the, the part after sort of like the, the the part where it's like you feel like a poor boy and it goes on there and then he like says a few lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish he'd found a way to sing those because 
that actually I don't like that part of the song. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I don't typically love talking in most of the songs. Um, but in general, I think the song is pretty solid. It's it's slow, but I think it's quite pretty. Yeah, it is very yeah. pretty. And it's another one of those sort of surprising ones where, like, I finished it and I immediately went back and listened to it again. I was like, I need to, I need to hear that again, because it, it, you know, it's very nice, it's very soft, but it gets very emotional. Mm-hmm. I mean, he digs into some of the some of the lines where he kind of he brings out that that almost, you know, it's hard to explain what it is I'm thinking. It's almost like he's yelling mm. through his lyrics, but he's not not physically yelling. He's not yelling in his music. He's not particularly screaming his lyrics you know he's singing in a very nice way but i get that almost sense of he's kind of screaming out through the lyrics That's interesting. i mean the the some of the lyrics and definitely at least the title itself wake up time to me that screams like oh man this is going to be a moving song or this is going to be something to kind of kind of and then yeah. you listen to it, it's like nope this is nope. i mean he but he is like he's intimately talking to himself you know, it, it's telling himself it's wake up time that you have to move on to something else. Um, things aren't going to be what they once were. Guess what I, I'm thinking yeah. it is, John. I'm thinking it's about a relationship. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, and it's it sucks because it's actually a very good and emotional song. And I hate I hate feeling depressed like mm-hmm. that at the end of an album because <laughs> then because then you're just left with the silence yeah. and you're like, God, now now I gotta now I gotta find something yeah. else. And, <laughs> Am I in the mood? Am I in the mood to find something else, yep. or am I just gonna stay depressed and listen to the no. silence, or what? But it's it is such a it's a gorgeous song. Mm-hmm. God, I just wish he didn't like <laughs> speak some of the words. I I can't get over that. I can't get over that because to me it okay. really ruins what is an what should be an epically good song. All right, and that wraps it up for all of the songs on this album. Adam, you have any final thoughts? Yeah. Um. This is a beautiful album. Um, yeah. The vast majority of the songs I am really liking and very, very happy to be revisiting. Um, and then, as we kind of mentioned, because I forgot so much about them, I'm kind of refining them for the first time, kind of, you know, because I don't remember them. Yeah. Definitely, definitely about some kind of struggling marriage or relationship to me and the or the impending issues that he has been deal that he's dealing with. Um, mm-hmm. And so I kind of associate it. You know, and for multiple songs, we said they are pretty intimate. Um, and so I kind of feel this is a this is a personal album. This is a little bit of himself yeah. that he is putting on to, you know, onto CD, onto record for us. And that makes it a, a little bit even better, a little bit more. Um, I appreciate that as a listener because it's like, OK, I'm getting the real Tom Petty right now. And it's uh, yeah. and it's intense. It's probably not an album I'm going to revisit a bunch in general. Right. But I'm really happy to know just how good it is. Um, and, and, and kind of be like, okay, this is, this is a better album than I, I cause I, I would probably never go back and just re-listen to this myself. And so you calling mm-hmm. this one out made me really, I'm excited to know just how good it is. And I, it will make, I'll make sure that it gets more play than like once every 20 years for me, because you know, <laughs> if I, sometimes you get in yeah. like those moods where I just need to, I need to sit. I need to be by myself. And if I need to wallow in my own whatever, or just kind of be a little bit saddened, yeah. and, and it's okay to listen to sad songs, this is a song. This is an album for that for me. Much like you, I don't know if I'll ever—not ever—but I don't know that I'll go back a lot to revisit the whole album. There's certain songs that I will mm-hmm. go that I will you know pull out and go back to because they make me feel a certain way or make me feel happy. But on the whole, um, it's kind of it's it's kind of like watching a really good depressing movie yeah yeah like a schindler's list or something i love that movie is fantastic but i don't i don't it's not a i don't pull it out every like year or two yeah yeah yeah. it's one where it's like you've got to watch it and it's amazing when you yeah. see it and I, I kind of I, i'm not going to equate this for his quality but i remember going to see the movie the pursuit of happiness mm-hmm. with with will yeah. smith and, and and his son and it's one of those ones where it's like i i walked out of him like that was a great movie. I am never going to see yeah. it again. <laughs> yeah, it was a really good, powerful, personal yeah. movie. But you just uh, it's one of those things where you don't really like how it makes you yeah. feel, <laughs> you feel at the end of it. So, um there are some great fantastic songs in this album. Um if you if it's not something you've ever considered to go listen to, uh, check it out. You know, go go give it a good, uh, you know, a good listen all the way through. There's something for everyone I think in this album. 
you've got some some up songs, some some happy songs that that you know counteract what is what seems to be generally sort of not necessarily a down album, but one you know he's talking about some serious things, relationships, things he's obviously going through, and I, I totally agree with you. This is a very personal album. Yeah, uh, we're getting a lot of raw Tom Petty out of this, uh, which is nice because it's not something maybe we expected to get from it, and um, I think it's I think it's definitely worth a listen all the way through. Absolutely. All right. And that was our review of the album Wildflowers by Tom Petty. Please join us next time for a Jim Henson-inspired episode as we break down the 1986 film Labyrinth, discuss the 80s television show Fraggle Rock, and recast Labyrinth using actors of today. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. I'm Tess. And I'm Corey. And we are the ongoing comic book discussion podcast, the place where one guy and one gal dive into the world of comic books one adventure at a time. That's right. You can find us every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or any of your favorite podcatchers. So come check out OCD Podcasts, where comic books are cool. Cool.